G'day and welcome to Formula Bums. If you haven't noticed, this is Andy, not Jacko for once. It's because little Jackie finally caught it. You've got COVID, I got mate. I got COVID. It's the first time. It's been years. I've managed to dodge it for years. And I went out to the pub for a few quiet beers the other night and managed to catch it. Fucking suck shit. <laughs> I know, dude. I know. It's it's ruined my joke because for the last two years, everyone's been like, have you had COVID? I'm like, no, I'm a good person. <laughs> and now... <laughs> well, that fucking hurts. I'm a bad person. I caught it like, and it nearly killed me. Yeah, you got heaps sick. Yeah, I was fucking destroyed, bedridden for two days. It was great. I know, and the, like the funny part is, I've taken next week off work, so I'm done for the year. And because of the industry I work in, I have to have this week off. So I'm done for the year now, man. I'm out. Fuck you. Meanwhile, Christmas holidays start now. And hopefully, you end up in bed for three days, like I did. <laughs> I think I will. I'm really soft. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, man, it's that time of year. We we fucking made it, didn't we? One whole year. We 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 set out at the start of this year and we both thought to ourselves, man, if this lasts more than like four races, we're a success. And, and we are. Also, in crazy news, we got an email from Apple the other day, so we need to do a special shout out to the whole country of South Africa. We hit the top twenty in their motors in like their sporting podcast category. That is absolutely unreal. So if you're listening to us in South Africa, thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. It genuinely like I f- at first thought the email was a scam and then it turned out to be legitimate. So thank you for everyone who's listening over there. That's It blows our mind that people across the world actually listen to us. And the fact that we actually made it into a chart somewhere by just being two angry idiots blows our mind even more. So thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Anyway, let's let's kick it off with the biggest news to happen in the last few weeks. Matea Bonanna resigned. We called it. Called it. I told you, man. I'm wrong about everything except for Ferrari. I know, right? They have. He has resigned. And called Charles personally to let him know that he was resigning. And I heard the Charles Leclerc camp was cheering from Monaco all the way to Australia. Yeah, look, I mean, I'm not, I'm not shocked. But based on what you said over the last few weeks, we spoke about this. I don't know if that one person being removed is enough to fix the core issues going on at Ferrari. Charles has just had like a hell of a year. Him and Matia are quite close. As much as they've butted heads over how Ferrari's run this year, they clearly have a very like close bond. It's a very mentoring relationship. So I guess it's really bittersweet for him. It is. But I, I mean, if we look to the future, there's a few people have been thrown out there. Obviously, Fred Vasseur from Sauber has been the big talking point. Uh, Ross Braun has come off a few times as well. He's recently left the F1, like the F1 management or the FIA, whatever position he was in at the FIA, he's left. And everyone's like, hey, what what about getting Ross Braun back to Ferrari? I mean, it was when they were at their best. Yeah, but they (laughs) also had probably one of the greatest once-in-a-generation talents at the team as well in Rubens Barrichello. (laughs) (laughs) I know that Ross Braun's been thrown around a little bit. The only thing I would say against Ross is that I think his time's done. Like he was managing a team 20 years ago, really at this point. Yeah. And the whole game's changed. Fred Vasseur, I would say he gets my vote of confidence. He's done a really, really good job with Sauber. Yes. They've never really cracked into the top teams, but that's also never really been their job either. Sauber's run brilliantly for years. Like there's never any drama. They sign good drivers 
He's quiet. He's smooth. Like, that would be my pick. If I'm sitting there at Ferrari, I'd go, you know what? He seems like he can run a tight ship. And also, we're not taking into consideration his tight relationship with Charles as well. Obviously, he gave Charles his first start in F1 in 2018. Yep. Um, they've known each other for years prior to that. So, you know what? I, I feel like if it's going to be anyone from Formula One, it's going to be Fred Brasseur. If not, maybe they look to doing similar to how Mercedes has done it. So, if we look at it, Mercedes, their Formula One team and their their car manufacturing is completely separate, whereas Ferrari isn't. No. The CEO of Ferrari is the CEO of all of Ferrari. So that maybe their best bet is to finally bite the bullet and move into the future and have their Christian Horner, their Toto Wolf, and they just that that's the where the buck stops with the racing team and the car manufacturing side stays the hell out of it for once. Look, probably probably it would be a logical choice to make considering the success that the other two, their main competitors being Red Bull and Mercedes, where they keep it separate. Yes. And I, it, it is just that dedicated racing team. I completely, like, uh, when I seen that news this morning, I, I think I was watching a video on the race and they were talking about it. I was like, it sort of makes more sense to do that than to continue what they're doing because they're the only ones that are really doing that. And we, we've seen how bad that sort of is working at the moment. Although there's a lot of problems at Ferrari starting at the top with the strategist. Yeah, and that's really what the, I guess, the elephant in the room here is, is that I I came out a few weeks ago and was like, look, Mattia is the leader of the team. It was his responsibility to manage that person and, and change their position. I, I even went out and said that, look, if you're going to replace people, replace a lot of them. So they've done one without addressing the actual core of the problem, which is mainly their strategy because the car itself was unreal for the most part. Yeah, caught on fire a few times, but so did everyone's. Yeah. That was really the big separating point between them and their competitors was their strategy. Mercedes still had great strategy throughout the year. Their car was slow. Red Bull, they were good at both ends, and we saw what Max did to the rest of the competition. He absolutely destroyed him. Like, he won by, what, over 100 points? Like, nearly 150. Let's have a look. Max finished on 454. Charles finished on 308. Like so there you go, like... Uh, 144 points. Yeah, incredible what Max did this year, but we'll get into that later. There is one more other piece of news I want to bring up because I don't think you'd know about this, even though you're a massive rally fan. And it does it does have F1 connotations. Did Kimmy jump into F1? Into rally again? Is that no, what no. Um, Hyundai have just announced their new WRC boss. Who'd they snag? Uh, he whinges a lot. He comes from France, and his name is Cyril oh, Abebel. Cyril. Cyril is Cyril. Up, he's heading up the... I don't think it's the works team, but he's heading up one of the Hyundai teams in WRC next year. That's... Look, Cyril the Irritable was one of the best characters the paddock had ever seen. The relationship he had with Christian was one of the best. I'm a massive fan of Cyril. He loves motorsport. That's good that he's now back in a top echelon motorsport. He's great at running a team. Like he took Renault from really, really struggling to being the best of the rest team over the last couple of years. Like he was the key reason why Danny left Red Bull. He yep. really, really believed in what he was doing. So I'm stoked. I'm glad to see his head popped up. And I like Rally. I know you do. I'm not the biggest Rally yeah. fan, but I know you would, and I knew you'd enjoy that news. So. 
Yeah. There you go. Fantastic. Okay, well let's let's kick it off like a dead leper's head and talk <laughs> about <laughs> talk about this year because it's time for our season review. We're, we're the, probably the last show to actually get one done. Yeah, but you know what? Save the best to last. I reckon. Oh, I know, right? So the way we're going to do this is we're just gonna we're gonna give we're gonna go twenty two to one, even including Nico and Nick, even though they only race like two or one to two races each. And we're just gonna we're just gonna give them a rating. Uh, we've got A plus, obviously the top. Uh, you got your F is your second lowest tier, and every letter so it's A, B, C, D, and F, and everything has yep. a plus minus. And there's also a very very special bottom tier one that we'll get into when we get to it. Yeah, of course. Anyway, of course. Let's start with twenty second this year, and it was uh, a German named Nico Hulkenberg. No points. Look, First no two points. races at Aston Martin. Uh, my rating for Nico Holmberg is A plus because it got himself he got a drive out of it. You know what? I, I was thinking more of a B for Nico. Because yep. he, he didn't score points, but he did drive an undrivable car to a very good position. And with him being there, he kept Nicholas Latifi in twenty first for three quarters of the season. Look, I for the simple reason I'm a massive Nico Hulkenberg fan. I think he might be the most gorgeous F1 driver of all time. Like, I'm staring at his photos now, man, and it's doing something to me. The fact that he came in with, again, like, he's the super sub. No drive time. He'd been out of the car for essentially a year. He popped up, what, once or twice the year before as well? Yep. The fact that he can just hop back in a car, yep, not getting points. But here's the thing, man. People go their career without getting points. Yeah, Nico, uh, Nikita Mazepin didn't score a single one. <laughs> so, A+, a plus for Nico, he worked himself back into a sport where the general standing is once you leave, that's it. Fair enough. I, I, I'll give you a compromise. How about we give him an A-? Yeah. minus? A- minus for Nico Holmberg. I'm more than happy with that. Okay. I Look, I'm just stoked to see him next year. I think him being back into the paddock's great. Awesome. So, A- minus for Nico Holmberg. His best result, by the way, Saudi Arabia, he scored 12th. And he started like second last or something. Yeah. Now we move into the second super sub of the year. It was Nick DeVries. He finished yep. ninth in Italy, scoring two points. And then put Nicholas Latifi back in 21st position. Yeah. Yeah. Um, look, for me, Nick DeVries, first time in an F1 car, no real practice, coming from Formula E. I'm saying just a flat out. A-class drive. A-class drive. I agree, too, because he's also driving in the worst car in the field. Sure, he was, he was in the Williams, wasn't he? He was in the Williams, and sure, no downforce in the Williams, and Monza's not really a downforce-heavy track, but he raced the absolute piss out of that car, and Nicholas was nowhere near him all weekend. And look, for me, the measuring stick of like where someone's talent really is, right? That was kind of his first drive ever in an F1 car. He just came in short notice. We had Antonio Giovinazzi jump in to do a test, in a car that he'd raced in with the same engine manufacturer, he'd only been out for a little while and he crashed it, right? Yeah, like five so minutes into the session. Yeah, this kid's clearly got some talent. He's won a world championship with Formula E in the Mercedes Works team. He won F2 in just an absolute dominant season. He's going to come in and do big things. Because that's the thing too. This drive got him a drive at Alpha Tauri. Yep. So I think yep. a, a good an A for Nick DeVries, even though it was only one race, he deserves an A because that drive was phenomenal by him in my books. 
Yeah, I absolutely agree. It's good having another Dutchman on the grid. This kid seems to be the polar opposite of Max in every single way. Like, he never stops smiling. He just seems to, like, truly love the sport for the simple fact that he likes cars, where Max, who I do love, and I like him for separate reasons, seems to like winning. He doesn't care what he's in. No, I agree. I think a new Dutchman, and it probably will keep Netherlands on the track if Nick outlasts Max. You know what I mean? Well, didn't Zanvoort just re-sign for another five years as well? They no, just he, confirmed. Only till 2025. They only gave him like okay. a two-year extension or something, which I want to talk about because they give Zanvoort a two-year extension, but Qatar gets a 10-year contract. Yeah, look. I'm sick of the yeah. almighty dollar run in this sport sometimes. Oh, uh, look, it, it certainly is definitely a frustrating aspect of the sport. Out of all the Middle East tracks, though, Qatar isn't horrible. It's I'd, better than Jeddah. Well, fucking anything's better than Jeddah, but I think and Bahrain. Abu Dhabi. Bahrain's, Bahrain's the, the best. Bahrain is the best by far. Qatar yep. is okay, but it is technically a MotoGP track. Look, yeah, it, it definitely is. So, are we in agreement? A, a for Nick DeVries? Yeah, absolutely, man. Awesome. What now, a drive. What a drive. Now we move on to our first full-time driver of the year, number 20th. The GOAT. Final year in the sport. Mr. And what a year it was. What a year it was. Six DNFs. Finishing <laughs> off the pace in, let's say, 20... It was 22 races, wasn't there? 21 races, he finished off the pace. Yep. I want to put out yep. the special award that we hinted at is for Nicholas Latifi. Yep. And it honors our favorite um, commentator in the sport. It's the Paul DeResta I'm Really Good at Racing Award. <laughs> Look, he, he gets a special place in our hearts because he's clearly a good kid. Yep. But my man, talk about a fish out of water. Like, he had, a, he had an... And this is this is really the difference, right? This guy had an okay F two career. Yeah, and that's really what I think sums up his foray into F one was that if you're going to do decent in F one, you need to do some horrible things in F two. You need to embarrass your competition, and he did okay for a number of years. He did enough for like three years that he'd actually score a super license, right? I think that's how he got it. Yep. And look, he is a, essentially a paid driver. He comes with an incredible amount of sponsorship. But at the end of the day, his results just never were there, were they? Like, if they I'm, lo- I'm, I'm looking at the F1 now, he finished 16th in Bahrain, 16th in Australia, 16th in Imola. 16th in Spain. I'm just going through all the ones that stand out to me. 16th in Canada. Like, a few 18s there, a few 19s, a lot of DNFs. Yep. And, then, and then there's just that one fluke ninth in Japan where he somehow scored points because they all of a sudden decided to give full points for the race, which is the rule. Yep, yep and that is that aspect too. And also, really, when we look at it, right, he was outclassed so many times in so many situations by his teammate Alex Albon. And yet, there's not a massive points difference between them. But Albon was consistently overdriving that car, which was the worst on the grid. The fact that a random teammate could come in and score equal points to you in a one-shot 
it just wasn't great. So I'm going to have to say for Nicholas Latifi, and this comes from like not in a way that I, I dislike this person whatsoever, but it was an F. It was not a season that is appropriate for an F1 caliber driver. Not even slightly. And I, it's just he's definitely nominated for our Paul DeResta award. Oh, hands down. I mean, the the short we, we we did a short list, and I believe at number one we put Nicholas, and at number two we put Latifi, didn't we, on the list for that award? Yeah, exactly, and third was Stroll. <laughs> and we went, you know what, I think he just gets it. <laughs> you, you get it, mate. Anyway, we move on to his teammate. His teammate, Alexander Albon, scored four points, and as far as I'm concerned, he got, an, he got a C. I think it was a yeah, C look- year for him. I'm happy to give him a C. I want to say B minus just because he jumps into that B for some really out there performances. And the standout to me was Australia. He drove that whole race on one set of tires and he could have finished except for the rules. You know what I mean? Like there were just situations where it was like, you know what, man, that car's absolutely crap in so many little areas and ways. You're just better than the team this year, but I'm happy to go with a C plus. Yeah, I'll give him a C plus. I don't think he deserves a B minus because I think if you're going to get a B, you need a few more points finishes. Yep. And he only he only got uh, three points finishes all year, which it's not it's not a knock on his talent. We know the kid's talented. It's just that car is utter trash. It was. I'm look. I'm happy with a C plus. I would say that's the best I've seen a worse car driven in. In years, if that makes any sense, you know what no, I mean. Like, that definitely makes sense to me. Yeah, I'm like, happy with I that. I can't wait to see what he does if that Williams ever gets good because they haven't had a winner since what was it? Pastor Maldonado was their Pas- last winner. Pastor was their last winner, and one of the technical operators was Toto Wolf. Yeah, so you know what I mean. Like clearly, when Williams gets together, they can do some pretty impressive things. I hope Alex is the person to get those results because yeah, Red Bull he wasn't ready. And it wasn't a car for him. But now we're starting to see what he can really do. And also, he just seems lovely. Oh, mate. He's, he seems like a good bloke. I feel like this next one might be the one where we disagree a fair bit. Well, I feel like it might be, but not as much as you think. So, number 18 was the rookie of the year, Joe Guan Yu. And he only gets that by default. Yes. Uh, six yes. points. And I'd say standout drive was is probably that round one in Bahrain where he scored on debut. Yep. Yep. Look, that was probably his best drive. Um I think it's also where he's was most practiced at. Like he had he's another person who's come from F two who's never won the competition. Yeah. And he was there for what, three years? Three or four, mate. And he was an Alpine junior. That's the thing everyone glances over. He was an in the Alpine Academy for so long. But Alpine never wanted to give him a drive, so he jumped into the first seat he could. Yep. He is pretty much a paid driver as well. He comes with a huge amount of sponsorship from China. Yeah. I thought for a rookie season, look, it's hard to compare him because he didn't have anyone in these new regs to compare him to for what a rookie could do. I think he did quite well. He was really, really, really let down by Alfa Romeo's reliability. Yep. But six points... Not bad in a rookie year, considering you put the hurt on two quite experienced drivers. So, what about we give him a C minus? Uh, yeah, look, for me, I was going to say C, but I'm happy with a C minus because you know what? 
we just never really got to see what he was capable of consistently. Yep. And the only reason I, I just want to point out the only reason I'm not going to give him a D is because of what happened in Great Britain. We didn't get to see what happened there because he got flipped on his lid. Yep, he got flipped on his lid. And the fact that, like, man, he managed to take the worst crash of the year and it didn't seem to shake his confidence at all. You know what I mean? Like, he came back and it was just... Like he a, didn't have any peaks or troughs after that. He just came back and was like, you know what? I had a crash. I'm back. I'm ready. Let's keep going. And it was a week later, too, because Austria was like a week after Great Britain. Yeah, I think, though, that he has earned the right to stay in the sport and give it another crack and see how he goes. Like, I don't, there's a couple of people out there who are like, oh, no, six points, Alfa Romeo really needs to be aiming higher and stuff like that. No, I think he's right. He's in the right spot for a rookie season. The car's not an absolute slow dog. It's not reliable, but it's decent, and I think he's okay. So C-. minus. C-, and 2023 will be a make or break year for him. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. I hope I hope Alfa Romeo gets the reliability on check because I like the kid and I want him to have a pretty decent career. I don't think he's ever going to be incredible. Like, I'm never putting him in the category of uh, a future world champion, but a respectable midfield driver for four or five years is, I think, what that kid's capable of. You know what? That, that's fair enough. I think if this year sucks for him, like this coming year, I don't think Alfa Romeo can stick with him. I really no, don't. No, not at all. If, if not he, at all. Like, if he comes out this year after a year of experience and does a, a similar job, then it's probably like you got to weigh the cost benefit up. And with Audi coming in to take over that team very soon, you know they're going to want a German driver in that seat potentially. Oh, without a doubt. And also, like the difference between him and Valtteri is staggering when it comes to the points total too. So you, we we're gonna. If he's going to keep his seat, I think he's going to need to jump into the top 15. Yeah. Or probably probably into the top 12 would secure his spot. So he needs to, he definitely needs to get a crack on and start securing more points for that team. But okay for a rookie. Yeah, okay. So C minus, okay for a rookie. Uh, next cab off the rank is young Yuki Sonoda, who finished, uh, he finished 17th this year on 12 points. Yeah, look, I'm I'm not the biggest Yuki fan in the world. I um look, he came what he had a year in F two. He was yep. fast tracked mainly around securing the Honda IP. Look, we that's not confirmed, but it definitely felt and looked like that to keep the the Japanese manufacturer on board and keep those relationships positive because they're in out in out in out constantly. It was just, I think he's not ready to be in a top flight motorsport yet. No, I don't think so. Either. I think he's very immature. And I think yeah. what 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 stands out to me this year for Yuki was the, was it Hungary where he had the, the belt incident? Yep. Or was it, it, and then, or was, or was it, it Silverstone? It was one of the races in Europe where he was coming out of the pits hit a bump and ended his race at the end of the pit lane. Oh, that was Canada. Canada. So there was that. That's the standout to me. Which one are you talking about? I'm talking about the one where he was adamant something was broken, started pulling his belts off knowing he was going to retire. He pulls over when the car still could physically drive, but he was just, I'm pulling over, I'm done. I think it was Netherlands. Yeah. Because it was a DNF. Netherlands was a DNF for him. And he, he he's like adamant. And they're like, no, keep, keep driving, man. 
and he brings yep. it back into the pits. They just tighten his belts up and go. Obviously, the car wasn't drivable. That's on Alpha Tauri for sending him back out. But the fact he was just like, no, nah, I'm not driving this. I'm getting out. And they're like, no, yeah, you got, you can get it back to the pits at minimum. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's there's just a few cases around the year where it was like, oh, there, there's cracks appearing. There was also the episode in Drive to Survive, which I didn't watch, where they spoke about, you know, him not really having that super drive or like the dedication to all the things that the other drivers do in regards to their training and personal development. I don't dislike the kid, but I don't like him as a race driver. There's a Japanese series called Super Formula. I think Yuki do really well in it. Yeah, probably. Look, F2 wasn't long enough for him either. You need at least two to three years in that category to really develop both your your race skills and your mental skills to be able to put up with the stress of one of the hardest sports on the planet to compete in. This stuff is not easy to do day in, day out. Um, I'm not going to say it wasn't a failure for him for the year. Like the car was horrible, which was devastating because I think it's the nicest looking car livery. But for me, man, Yuki gets a D. Yeah, no, I was going to suggest a. I really was. Yeah. It, It, his attitude, his like the car wasn't great, but also his attitude. And when there was potential for things to go right, they just seemed to not go right for Yuki. You know what I mean? Yep. Like he didn't even start I, in Saudi Saudi Arabia. No, like he took that one off. It's just I know him and Mick didn't start, but like it's just when shit like that happens, and you don't come, you don't come out in Australia and score points. He, he starts the year in eighth, doesn't start Saudi Arabia, then finishes 15th in Australia. Yep. Inconsistent, both on track and off track. A decent kid. Like, I've got nothing bad to say about him personally. Like, he causes no drama. But, yeah, just not not where the team needs him. Like, it was a bad year for AlphaTauri as a whole. Yep. As a whole, the team didn't succeed. I would if I'm running that team, be like, look, mate, if we don't see you turn into a team leader next year, which is an unfair thing to ask of him, but that's the position he's in now. He needs to be a team leader next year. Exactly. It's he's not like, the senior driver. It's not like Nick can come in and lead that team. It's Nick's first year in the in the sport, realistically. Like, yeah, he's yeah, been he's, hanging around the paddock, and yeah, he's been at Mercedes, but this is his first full-time race, seeing seat. You can't and expect also, a kid to do that. No, not at all. And really... Going from a Mercedes-run organization, which has a very unique team culture and structure, to a Red Bull-run organization, which is very, very different to how Mercedes runs their show, it's not a fair ask. I would say that next year might be the last year for Yuki, unless he comes out and absolutely blitzes it. But there's not even like a little optimistic part in my body where I'm like, you know what, man, he might just come out next year and just have a killer year. I think we've seen what he's capable of, and I don't see a lot of room for him to improve. So I think next year might be it for him. A D. A D. Sorry, kid. I think that's it. Yeah. And we move on to another sort of a disappointment this year. Yeah, I guess we have to. Hey. Because in 16th was Mick Schumacher, and all things looked good for Haas in the first half of the year, and Mick didn't finish one. Two, three, three races. And the races he didn't finish were because he had an incident. And really, the where we need to talk about Mick, there's in a few ways. Mm-hmm. And we've never been we've never been a production that's ever gone, you know, he's the son of 
he's the son of Michael and, you know, we're holding him accountable to that. That's never been fair. And we've never gone down the line of being like, well, you know, his dad was capable of this and we're not going to start now. Looking at him objectively and in, in in the team he's in, which is Haas, which is the poorest team in the sport, his incidences weren't minor little things like, oh, I... I've broken like a front suspension ring, which is a couple thousand bucks. He totaled that car three times. Yeah. He cost, cost them lots of millions. Money. Millions. I, like, I think they estimated it was a million for the rebuild from Saudi, a million for the rebuild in Monaco. Canada is car conked out on him. We can't blame that. Uh, we can blame the Ferrari engine for that realistically. But other than that, every other finish. There was nothing spectacular. There was a little glimpse of hope, I guess, in Great Britain and Austria. Both of those stand out to me because he scored points and everyone thought, oh, this is the turning point. But then 15th, 14th, 17th, 13th, you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't capitalize on those those incidents. And Brazil stands out to me too because his teammate gets pole position and he finishes last in qualifying. Yeah, and... It's hard to right? Because this is the best year Haas and Mick have had, right? Like, this yep. is Mick's best year in the sport. Like, is it an improvement from the last couple of years? Yes, technically. But I'd say that's mainly due to car improvement and having a professional mentor in his team that can actually help him improve in his racing. Well, I it's, don't it's, think it was a... Comp- sorry, I was going to say, it's, it's hard to compare Mick's last year to this year when his teammate should never have been in the sport to begin with. Agreed. So it's really hard for us to even judge what Mick was capable of last year. This year, if this is what he's capable of, Haas have made sort of the right call to to move on from Mick. I I agree too. And like, I do like Mick Schumacher. I think he's such a decent young man. Like when you, when you look at like global athletes, this is the sort of person you want personality-wise, like this happy-go-lucky, hard-working, decent young bloke. The results, though, just weren't weren't there or weren't consistent enough, especially when compared to someone in the same car. Yep. He was consistently off the pace. Now, yep, he pipped um, Kev, like K-Mag, at a few points during the year. But overall, I would say he was completely outclassed by K-Mag for the majority of the season. Yeah. If he was in another team that had a bigger bank account, I would say he would be okay to have one more one more go. Yeah. But I don't knock Haas's decision to go, you know what, mate? It, it's just not where we want to be going at the moment, and I'm sorry you've got to move on. Out of all the drivers who I think are leaving, this is the one that hurt the most when it comes to like juniors who haven't really had their ability to show or really be in a decent team. My rating, though, man, I'm going to say, like, D+. Nah, D+, I think, is a good rating for Mick. And if the rumors rumors are true and he's pipped to get that Mercedes reserve seat, I think that's the best place for him. If you're going to... I I agree. If you're going to learn from anyone, learning from Lewis, as much as we shit on him, is one of the best places you can learn from. Oh, that's the thing. As long as he doesn't pick up anything from George, he'll be all right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> look, the only thing I... It, look, if he puts on a pair of Birkenstocks, Haas has made the best choice they've ever made. Oh, I I'm completely agree. Right he comes out with Birkenstocks on, game over. 
Learning from Lewis, though, learning from Toto, learning in that system is incredible because as much as you're right, we hang a fair bit of crap on Lewis Hamilton, but we've never once knocked that man's incredible skill. No, and I never will. with a machine. I no, never he's will. He's just a freak. I will just call him a lying bastard till the day I die <laughs> because every word that man speaks is a lie. Especially on the radio. Exactly. However, hey. yeah, D-plus D for Mick, look. Mick does it, it's a bit rough it. to see you go, kiddo, but you haven't really stepped to the plate. And just because you don't succeed in F1 doesn't mean you're not going to go to any other category and absolutely destroy the competition. We're talking about 19 of the best drivers in the world in Eight, this sport. 18. Yeah, 18. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, he just doesn't – he just didn't quite ever come to the table. So I think that's fine. Yeah, and it it's not a death sentence to his F1 career. Taking a year or two off, being the Mercedes reserve driver, learning from Lewis and that could be the best thing for him. Look at, I know we don't like him, but look at what Ocon did the year he got dropped from Racing Point. He went to Mercedes, oh. was the reserve driver there. He learnt a lot and is now basically the leader at Alpine. Yeah, yeah, and he he did quite well on his return. Yeah, exactly, and it, it's not because he's coming back into it the best of the rest car. No, Ocon has the talent to do that, but also he's there. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of people who were there, oh, fucking hell! Uh, another nominee for the Paul DeResta Award is Lance Stroll. Oh, look, easy man. F. Who came fourteenth? <laughs> who came fourteenth? Pierre Gasly. Oh, excellent. Here's someone we can talk about a little bit more. Um, Pierre, look. I love Pierre. Who doesn't? I think... Actually, I, think I know who doesn't. Ocon. No, oh, my God. Seriously. How funny was that photo they had to post together? What they didn't they didn't mention was that they cropped out fucking Otmars in there with a pistol at the back of their oh, heads. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> they cropped that out of the photo. Look, it was the worst year of Alpha Tauri in their Alpha Tauri iteration, right? They yep. they were on the up and up when they first came to the sport. They clearly did not get these regulations right. No. And next year I feel like it's going to be a stronger year for them because they'll be able to, you know, take that Red Bull knowledge, you know what I mean? Because Red Bull obviously nailed it out of the park. And yep. And there's a heap of lesson learned lessons learned for that whole team. Mm -hmm. What, 23 points it wasn't a good year for him he did seem to have a lot of bad luck this year. He did. But well, if you look at it, uh, Bahrain DNF, Miami DNF, DNF in Great Britain. Yeah. Uh, he just qualifying, his qualifying wasn't there because he was always on the back end of qualifying when shit hit fan. You and know what I mean? There was, on top of that, there was two or three times in qualifying where he ended up getting stuck behind either his teammate or someone else slower as well. So it was a really, really bad luck year. My highlight for Gasly this year was Monaco. I'm glad you Qualified said that. last, came out, and everyone went, man, we don't know if we can even race in this. And he was putting on overtakes left and right. Well, he was, the, the, first, he was the first one to come on in for inhibitors. Yep. Like, I that to me, that first part of the Monaco race was what Pierre Gasly's actually capable of. That there sums up his whole season for me. I still think... As rough as it was, I mean, we can't give him a super high rating because it just was a really unlucky year, and luck is part of the game. Yep. But, man, I tell you what, 
if he had better luck, I could see him being up in what ninth or tenth place easily. He can drive. So for me, I'm just going to say C plus for him. I was going to say C or C minus. So let's say C that he's C. the middle. Happy and C. Look for someone who's used to driving really, really good race cars, and for having bad luck, that's really as good as you can go, man. Yep. Um. I hope next year in Alpine, Alpine's clearly got a good car. I hope that there's not too much tension between him and Ocon and that he really can just come out at the start of next year, put it in those, you know, high point scoring positions and really bring this team up into what everyone's expecting it to be, which is the fourth competitor. I hope so too. I really do. And like, he's the driver to really drag them up there. Like, Ocon had a really decent year, probably one of his best years, but the move to bring Pierre Gasly across seems to me is like, look, this is our plan for our next number one driver. They didn't bring this kid across for him to play second fiddle to Ocon. No one should I be think playing they second him. fiddle to Ocon, mate. No. That's what I mean, right? Like, they've clearly brought him across to go, you know what? We're banking on this kid for the next eight or nine years to really – bring Alpine up into a world championship and a race-winning team, like a consistent team that's able to go, oh, wow, it was a a Red Bull, a Mercedes, and an Alpine on the podium. We haven't seen that in a while. No, I, I completely agree. And I don't think we were... Actually, no, we we seen that in Qatar, didn't we? Yes. But I, I really hope that the move to Alpine works out for Pierre. I hope so. Look... He's he's just he's super likable, and he he likes a lot of things too. So we like him. Yeah. So C for Pierre. Yep. Happy. All right. Sweet. Well, we move on to thirteenth and thirteenth. Also, this is if anyone's listening in America, this is Australian grades too, not in American grades where B's a fail. First of all. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> like over here, C is like fifty percent plus, right? It's yes. we're not saying he's under six percent. C is more than acceptable. Yeah. Just like, wanted to get that off my chest. If, if, if you get a if you get in a D or something, then you're looking at like thirty five to forty percent, and anything like yep. lower than that is just like gutter trash. Exactly. Anyway, K Mag thirteenth in the championship. Uh how many points was he? He scored twenty five points, and you know what? All things considered, with that Haas, pretty successful year for K Mag. Return. He returned from a year. And America doing IMS racing. Yep. And standouts to me, obviously, that Brazil qualifying, the race, not so much. And his return. His return in Bahrain, he scored. He put Haas in, like, third position on the, the thing, you know what I mean? He finished fifth. Yeah, dude. Oh, I think K-Mag was just... Better than anyone expected him or that team to be this year, right? Like, yep. I mean, all of us, they're the people's champs. Haas is supported by everybody I know who even moderately enjoys this sport a little bit. Gunter is a rock star of F1. Like, he's mm-hmm. he's the best team principal, hands down. K-Mag coming back from a year off doing a, a random sport in the US, right? Yeah. Absolutely blitzed it. Yes, there were a few mistakes, as you should expect. Yep, 
it wasn't the most consistent year, but that car was only built for four or five tracks. And it worked really good on those four or five tracks. I think next year Haas will be a bit more of a contender. I think after a year of data and this winter season and with Nico in that car coming in, that they're going to be a bit better than what they positioned this year. They're looking at their best year. If they if they get this off-season even moderately correct, they're looking down the barrel of the best year they've ever had in their sport. They've got two very experienced drivers. Yes, they've butted heads before, but the difference is neither of them are 20-year-old kids. They're both smart enough to realize the opportunity they've been given. I think they're going to be able to put all of that beside them and race really well. Man, I'm actually going to go out on a limb here and say, look, either A- minus or B+, plus for K-Mag. I don't even B+. Plus. B+. Yeah. Plus. I, think there, I was a, think there was enough DNFs there to not give him an A, but there's yep. not no reason to have him any lower than a B+. Plus. Oh, not at all. Like, for, for a return in one of the worst teams that have ever raced in the sport, that's how you bloody do it. Speaking of the worst teams in the sport... Oh, 12. my God. 12th. Aston Martin's lead driver and the now retired Sebastian Vettel. S plus, absolute legend. Absolute I mean, legend. Like, what more what more can you say about Seb Vettel that hasn't already been said on our show? Like just one of the best people to ever drive a car, hands down. One of the best blokes we've ever seen in the paddock. That every everything that man did this year was just awesome. Even when he was getting screwed over, like when Lance Stroll nearly took him out and he just came on the radio and just went, okay. Okay. Um, yeah, look, we know this man can drive. He's a great personality. The car just was not there. I love Sir Vettel. Devastated to see him finish the sport. I mean, we knew it was coming eventually. There was yeah. no way that he wasn't going to finish soon. Um, but I w- honestly want to say, man, it was like a year or two early. I don't think he was damaging his legacy one bit by not by like, you know, being one of the battlers because everybody knows what he's capable of and everybody knows the car's just not there. Well, can I just point out that Sebastian's hero also probably left the initial time maybe a year or two early. I'd say so. And if he Seb takes a year or two off and he gets a bit bored, it wouldn't shock me in the slightest if Seb's like, you know what? I'm ready to lead the Audi team. Oh, and Audi's German too, isn't it? It is. There is definitely a door open. And if they really, really want to, they could could have Seb and Valtteri in the same team. It's not a bad prospect going, you know what, I'm going to uh, enter the sport as the most popular team Mm -hmm. debut year ever. Like if... If they manage to snag him and come into the sport with Seb, their merch is going to fly off their shelves. They put a nice red number five on the front of that car, man. I'm sold. I would love it. I absolutely would. I don't know if it'll happen. Deep down, I really do hope that we get another year of Seb down the line. Yep. And even Lewis <laughs> said, well, look at Lewis. When they when they asked Lewis what's he going to miss about Seb, Lewis said he'll be back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, even Lewis knows, and Lewis is older than him, and Lewis is still driving at the top of his game. I think a year or two away for Seb might be the best thing for him, Probably. in a way. And just to step out, step out of some really badly run teams. Like he, his stint at Ferrari 
wasn't well managed. No. Aston Martin is not a well-managed team and they're not a likable racing outfit, which is unfortunate because a lot of their mechanics and stuff are absolute legends. This is also like he had a pretty solid point gap. The last couple of guys have been separated by two or three points, right? Mm -hmm. Seb, 37 points. It's it's quite respectable. I mean, he smashed his teammate to pieces That's, in every metric. That is not hard, though. No. I want to go with Seb and say B. B? Yeah, I'm happy with a B for Seb. Like, he drove better than that Aston Martin, but just couldn't really crack into the A's by any, like, form of, like, super dominance or anything like that. Just, yeah, congratulations, I, Seb, man. I really hope we see you back, mate. Yeah. Speaking of mates, we got oh. 11th, and this is probably going to be a really quick one because I can't talk very much about this. Daniel Ricciardo, D. I you know what, a, man? I got to give him a D. I can't give him any higher than a D. Look, we're going to give him a D, but that's not what his rating is. That's D for Big Dick Danny Rick. <laughs> and you know what? Just, again... I think what we say about Seb sounds like Seb's winning the championship four times mm -hmm. will apply really strong to Daniel Ricciardo. He's not finished yet. He's no. clearly not finished. However, I think he is finished in being in racing teams and systems that are unable to work with him. I think you're right. And I think where he's going this shit year, coming, the driver yep. at Red Bull, a year off, he doesn't have to turn up to every race, keep him in the conversation... I think it's the perfect place for Danny. He's coming home. Yep. And, and you know what, man? That's just where he needs to be, clearly. And I think both him and Red Bull have learned enough about what they need to win a, win championships and be a successful team in Danny's absence. They're clearly good at managing two, two drivers now, yep. which they have never been good at managing. Yep. I don't think Checo deserves to lose his seat. However, the second one of them's not ready to race... That's the man you want right there. Exactly. Like if a little COVID comes in one weekend and Sergio or Max can't race, you absolutely put Danny in that seat. You get him and on look, a flight from wherever he is in America and get him to that track. He'll be there. Sergio has already come out and said a number of times that, you know, this calendar is taking a really, really big effect on my on my family. And, the, you know, that's always going to be that man's priority. I can see Checo in the sport for another year or two. It's quite clear that he's not going to win a world championship. That's not really an option. It's Max's, and yep. people may not like that, but that's how this sport works. It's Max's, it's Lewis's, it's Charles. Those are the people who are allowed to win the world championships in the top teams. However, I just want to point out that, let's say, let's put a big hypothetical here. Let's say next year he takes an absolute toll on Checo by Netherlands. He's like, you know what? I'm done. I don't want to see out this contract. I'm retiring at the end of this year. I'm sorry. I'll 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 take a step back. Then Christian's like, you know what? Well, I've got Danny. Danny, do you want the seat? Danny's shown enough in the the time that he's still fast. He's still capable, and the Red Bull suits him. 2024 comes around. It's Max and Danny. And it is just Max and Danny in that championship for, for this hypothetical. They're trading wins. They're finishing second. It's all Red Bull. 
if it comes down to it, I reckon Red Bull would let them race at the end of the season if it was only a couple points in it. And, Look, and those two are friends. To, yeah, that's what I'm going to say. It would only, in that situation, the only way this hypothetical works is simply because of the relationship that Max and Danny have. That's it, because Max loves him to bits. They, they, they both really like each other. Yeah, I know Netflix made us all think that thought they hated each other, which turned out to be absolute crap. But no, in that hypothetical, yeah, look. You'd have if to let them the race. Case, you'd let them race. And we saw that when Danny was at Red Bull, he was just as good as Max. Yeah, and that fire hasn't like, left Danny. We know that it hasn't no. left Danny. Look at, look at these drives at McLaren. We had the Monza last year where Danny just it just clicked with Danny and when it clicks Danny's unbeatable. Oh, without a doubt. And I think what actually shoots him in the foot a lot is because of him being so Australian and just us having that such laid back culture because he hasn't been throwing temper tantrums and hasn't been like the steering wheel didn't get tossed. You know what I mean? Because he hasn't been like firing explosive. A lot of people think that he just doesn't have that drive there, but that's just not how most Australians work. Do you know what I mean? Like we know it's in there because we know exactly what this bloke's like. That's he's one of us. He's a brilliant representative of our country on the world stage. Yeah. It takes us a glance to look at him and go, Oh no, he's one of our best competitors the country's ever produced. I just think because that's not how so many other people compete, kind of actually waters down people's perception of that man's drive. Like there's no doubt in my mind that he still sits there and goes, you know what? If I can get back in that Red Bull, I'm going to win this thing. Yeah, and I've been I've been looking into Danny Ricardo's McLaren stint, and I think what's really gone wrong for Danny was Bahrain last year. Bahrain last year, he was only a few tenths or off Lando in the first race of last year, and from that point onwards, it wasn't a matter of adapting Danny ah the car for Danny. It was Danny trying to adapt his style to the McLaren. Breaking yep. the McLaren, everything. And I think that was where everything went to shit. If Danny just kept to his instinct and figured out how to do it through his instinct, I reckon Danny would have had a much different Mercedes experience. And I will always oh, think that. Agreed, man. Like, I've come out numerous times and said what I think has gone really, really wrong, and I don't begrudge McLaren for doing it because it was clearly the smarter strategy, was prioritizing all development around Lando, who's clearly going to be the future of that team, where their driving styles just simply don't match. Well, like, so the reason Max and Danny did so well is because that Red Bull car is impossible to drive, and that's just how they like it. I, I, I half agree with you there because... From what I've been reading and stuff, Lando has even come out and said he did not like the way this car was set up for this year. Anyone who says this car was developed around me is full of shit. And I know you don't I mean, like him. And I'm also full of shit, so I'm yeah. not mad at that statement. <laughs> but he, he was very adamant. He's like, no, me and Danny worked really hard together to try and get grips on this car. I know Lando did get it. But Lando said, even acknowledges, he's like, look, I got it a bit quicker than Danny. I understand that. But it, that braking system in the McLaren is very, very difficult and nothing like what Danny's used to. Exactly. And look, you know what? I know it comes across as a real... St- I, Lando's at no fault in any of this. I don't no. think they were literally having meetings being like, oh, well, Lando wants this. That's not how car development works. No. But it, it definitely... Lando clearly picked it up quicker. Absolutely. And I'll believe him in that. Like the kid's not a liar. I don't like him, but I also don't hate, hate him. Like that's the thing. I like hanging shit on him. He's just my favorite punching bag. Cause I just think he's a bit of a sook for the most part, but yeah, no, look, it's a valid statement. And 
the last couple of years of McLaren, it hasn't been the best car they've been able to produce. We know what these guys are capable of. They can make some incredible machines. It's just, yeah, they're not... You're right. I I don't feel any ill will to that standpoint. So, yeah, for me, it's a D for Danny, but it's not a bad D. No. Like, it's, you know... It's like if your your kid gets a, a D in a subject, but you know they tried really, really hard, and a D is as good as they as good as they could get, and you're still proud of them because they tried. Yeah. that's the D he gets. That's that. That's how I'm saying it too. He tried his hardest, didn't work out for him. He's going to take a year or two off, and he'll come back better for it. I agree. Let's let's go on to number ten. Let's hit the top ten. We're into the top. We are into the top ten. So number ten, Valtteri Bottas. 49 points. Did quite well when we probably thought that Valtteri wasn't going to do as great due to the car. Yeah. I think really for someone who's gone from the, the one of the best or the best racing team that's ever existed in motorsport to a okay at best racing team, this is as good as he could have gone. The car just broke all the time. Valtteri was quick. He's just brilliant. Look, he's an adopted Aussie now. He's the Aussie driver for next year. Have you seen what he's doing right now? Yeah, he's got a mullet. He's in Australia. He's absolutely loving. He's just embracing the culture. Mullet, walking around in thongs and an RVB t-shirt. And VB as in Victoria Bitter, the best beer in Australia. And we're not sponsored. No. But if you want to give us some cash, we'll take it. We'll drink heaps. We'll drink heaps of VB and talk nothing but great stuff about it. But, you know, at 10th for VB, going from what I like to say is he went from banging a Victoria's Secret supermodel to having a wank. Yep. A. Yeah, A. A. Look, just brilliant. I've got nothing really bad to say about his year. Actually, you know what? We should change that to an A minus because we're being really lenient on a lot of the drivers. Yeah, you know what? A minus is fair enough. I'm happy with that as long as he's in that top flight because it was just, you know, like, yes, his reputation was slightly damaged at the last year of Mercedes. I don't blame him for that, for just essentially becoming a punching bag for the year and really struggling. Like, he wanted to try strategies and they just said no. He wanted the fastest lap. They said no. He's coming to this team. It's the best they've looked in a long while. He did really well. But you got to remember, Lewis needed that point. Oh, yeah. It turned out he did. Yeah, yeah it turned out for once, <laughs> like it for once in Lewis's life, he needed that point. He did need that point. Um, yeah, look, A-, minus. as long as he's still in that top flight, because it was a really, really successful year, yep. when I don't think anyone would have begrudged him from just going back and just phoning it in for a year and getting a paycheck and leaving the sport. He clearly still wants to be here. He's clearly still driving well enough to get results. Yep. If Alfa Romeo can pull together and get that car running really, really effectively and get some more stability into it, he's only going to improve. And also, 10th, that's huge for that's Alfa huge Romeo. Absolutely huge. The The amount of money they've gotten this year is probably like double what they've gotten over the last three years. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, without a doubt, man. And and it's solely down to him coming in and really, really going, you know what, guys? This is what's going to take us to the next level, and I'm going to drive us there. Yeah. He had a rookie teammate. He was the only teammate with a rookie this year. And I reckon, you know what, if I'm a rookie looking at the list of the top 10 drivers of who I think would be really, really good to mentor me, he's in the top three. Oh, absolutely. 
So, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked on him. Let's just move on. All right. Uh, to the favorite drain driver, it's Fernando Alonso, who scored 80-something points. Look, this right. is really where the, the, it goes points. from the mid-pack to the next pack because this went from 49 points to 81. Yeah. And Fernando probably outdrove that car a lot this year and the car let him down quite a bit. Things the car let him down quite a bit. Things that stand out to me are Imola where the side pod was absolutely crunched by Mick Schumacher <laughs> yeah. to the Go point on. where they had to retire the car. Uh, Mexico, when the car failed. Abu Dhabi, where the car failed. Italy, the car failed. And Saudi Arabia, the car failed. Like, There's not many drivers we can say that the car failed that much in a top team. There's no, really not. not. At all. So for and- Fernando, for his driving... I'd give him an A minus, but for the car, I'd give a D. So I think it comes in with what, like a B? Yeah, or a B, B plus. B. B. Yeah. Yeah. Look, B for his season. He's incredible. The car is not. Yeah. And I think I think with the way he's talking about Aston Martin next year, I really think they might be the dark horse if they have the off season they need because their their new facility is up and ready next year. They'll be building yep. their car in the new facility, which is across the road from Silverstone. The only thing they won't have is their wind tunnel. No, but they still have access to a wind tunnel in which that is time. the Mercedes wind tunnel. Which yeah, and if you if you've got a backup wind tunnel, that's the wind tunnel you want. The only other one you want is at Milton Keynes. Yeah, which is also it's England. It's just up the road. Exactly, <laughs> it's a very small place. Um, yeah, look, th- that's the story of his year. 81 points is a is a decent haul, but if those six races where he DNF through mechanical failure, he was going to score points. Yeah, and he would have easily beat Ocon in the standings. Oh, yeah. I reckon he would have probably been able to kind of push Lando. I reckon he would have beat Lando. I could have seen him coming in seventh, like jumping another two positions. Oh, easily. He has the talent to do that. So, overall B, but Fernando's driving ability is an A. Minus. Yes. But we'll give yep. him a bet overall. Alright, move on to our next favorite punching bag, uh Espen Ocon. D, let's move on. Yep, happy with that. Yep. Oh no, I'm not. I think it's a C. He Look. he pulled out enough. He was consistent enough, even though he doesn't push the car like we say, he was consistent enough to beat Fernando, which isn't which is a very difficult thing. There's only two drivers that have ever done that. In the Correct. Set in the same machinery. So we can't give him a D as much as I want to. So C. I look, it it as much as we like to punch him, this was a very 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 successful year for him and a very successful year for his team. Yes. Yep. They said at the start of the year we have gone for speed over reliability and they weren't messing around. Yeah, cuz Esteban clearly doesn't drive it to speed, so his car stayed working. Yes, and he got he got through. Look, he's just as, as that Red Bull mechanic one said, like, he's just kind of there. Yep. And his performance was right where they wanted it. C, bang okay. in the middle. He passed. Only just, but yep. he passed. Yes. On to your favorite punching bag. Yeah, F, easy. Lewis <laughs> came six. <laughs> <laughs> no, Lando gets a B from me. He got, I don't think we can get anything less than a B, man. He had a really good year all he, round. He was the only driver not in the top three teams to get a podium. You can't yep. give him any less than a B. 
No, and also like he he's clearly maturing into a very very competent, very well rounded racer. Um, mm-hmm. We didn't see any like attitude blowouts that we'd seen the year or two before. He's he's maturing. McLaren has clearly seen a lot of potential in this kid, and he has that potential. No, I agree. Like, and, he's good, and I think next year is going to be a real test for him because he'll be the leader next year. Yep, big big step up. But you know what? He's, I think he's also ready for that step up. He's not going to be in the position where he feels like he's not being given the opportunities. McLaren has managed him beautifully, and he's worked so well in their system. Like, it, That's where he's meant to be. And yep. as much as I like to hang crap on the kid, I'll never knock what he's capable of. Seventh in a car that neither of them are happy with, with 122 points, Like, that's leagues ahead of what the Alpines did. Yeah, Leagues ahead of the Alpines. I mean, yeah, it, it was unfortunate that he didn't get a podium. He definitely deserved two or three, I'd say. Yeah. No, he got By, a podium. He got third in Imola. Oh, he got third? Yeah, okay, he's sweet. the only driver that wasn't in the top three teams to get one. Oh, right. Okay, cool. I thought you said he was the only driver in, like, the top seven that didn't get one. No, okay, no, so no. he got one. Yeah. I'd say he deserved more, man. As much as I like to, to punch him around a bit, he's good. I, I think he's... He's right where he needs to be. I think if the McLaren can get that car working well, they're they're two years I, away. I actually see a world championship in this kid's talent, yeah. and I don't in many others. I think he can actually get one. Oh, I think McLaren are two years away from being consistently winners because they're yep. obviously also in the process of building a new wind tunnel facility at Woking. But yep. if, if we're giving them a rating this year... From Lando, it's a B. He's done yeah, oh, without above, doubt, and, above and beyond. Yeah, happy with that. Awesome. More than happy with that, man. He's been solid. Oh, I think this one is where we're going to really disagree. I want to give Lewis oh. a C. You know what, man? I was going to say B minus, so I'm happy with a C plus. Only because of where he's coming from and what has happened this year. Things that stand out for me for Lewis are where he got stuck behind Pierre at Imola and couldn't couldn't for the life of him pass him in a really shit car. Yep. Other things that stand out to me are, this is the worst car I've ever driven in Canada and gets third. <laughs> that one really <laughs> I mean, got in my crutches. And his, oh, this is uh, a much fairer fight than last year at Cops, for example, in Great Britain. When- you know what? Look, there was a few unfair digs that this man gave out. Yeah. I am... Um, and I'm not going to knock you on any of those. You're you're right to be annoyed about those things because it, it's not what you expect from someone who is in the greatest of all time mindset competition, right? Like he, he's up there. That's where he should be sitting because he is. He's an absolute freak of a driver. And this year was not a freak of a drive for Lewis. No, it wasn't. Um, There were a few moments where I lost a little bit of the shine kind of wore off at a few moments. But then for me, there was also an equal number of moments where it was like, okay, no, this is why I still really like this guy and I really, really enjoy what he's capable of. Uh, I was it, it was, was really... it Belgium? Because I really liked it when you got uh, airborne in Belgium and had to retire. And he no. Got, yeah. And he got the <laughs> finger wave of doom from Fernando. Look, there, there was a few mean moments as well. The reason I'm saying like, um, what did you say? What was your rating? I gave him a C. Yeah, mine was B minus. I'm happy with C plus because C plus. You know what? There was 
I would say that there were equal moments where you just kind of like, we're like, come on, man, you're better than that. Why are you, yeah. why are you chucking a nani? But there were also equal moments of him still being like, you know what? We've still got potential. We're going to pull together. It was a really 50-50 year of him. I think he came out completely neutral. So I'm even happy for a C just because of like, there was a few moments where you were just like, mate, you're like a, a six, seven time world champion. You need to, you can't be really running your mouth in that negative way. Also, it was a misstep by the car. Mm -hmm. Nothing else had really changed. They did eventually fix it. I think also it's really good for the sport. No one can say that Lewis isn't going to come back with a good car and probably win again. If anyone's going to come back and take the take the run off Max, it's Lewis, right? There's no yeah. other real competition there. Oh, there's one other that um, can do it, but it depends I mean, on his Charles, car. But yeah, Lewis Lewis is the one who's got the proven track record, right? He's still the best racer in this sport at the moment overall, right? Yeah. When you look at like the whole the whole length of his time in the sport, so I'm I'm happy with him to float in that. C category, a good chunk of that is simply due to Mercedes having a really poor car. Yeah, so C plus for Lewis. Yeah, it can't all just be him racing. It was an absolute shit of a car. <laughs> yeah, he was very happy but to no, be done with it, it sounded like, after the Abu Dhabi. Yeah, and also, let's be real, man, that's fine. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> they bounce. They got... There were some of those races, like, we lost it in the last, I'd say, like, six or seven races of the year. But from the start to the midpoint of the race, they were getting some insane Gs through their body. Like, that man was in pain. And he's walking around holding his back at Azerbaijan because he was in yeah, pain. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, that that ain't easy. So that that's the only other little things I'd like to throw in there about Lewis. I can't wait to see what he does next year when that Mercedes is bang on. I hope it's not, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll move on to fifth place. Top five, baby. Top five. And the first one is Carlos Sainz. Oh, Ferrari. Yeah. yeah so let's have a it look. Hurts, it. it hurts so good is how I would sum up Ferrari. It hurts so good. Six DNFs. And for Carlos, yep. I only want to say, like, maybe one or two were his fault. Realistically. Australia was definitely his. Yep. I, I wouldn't. Classify Imola as his. I think that was Danny's fault. And yeah, he got taken out. Japan was he got sideways, and it's about fifty-fifty for me on that. Yep. Other than that, United States was a hundred percent George's fault, as much as he denied yep. it. Uh, the data looked fine in Austria while he was burning to death, and his engine went bang bang in Azerbaijan. Yep. Look. I mean, does anyone dislike Carlos Sainz? I don't think I've ever even seen a negative tweet about him. He's just a he's a very lovable dude. He is. Him moving into Ferrari was awesome. I think it's where he deserves to be. He's got an insane amount of talent. Like top five in a championship is not disrespectable one bit. No, and he should be nervous because Danny Rick is without a drive. And yes, every time look, that man doesn't have a drive in Formula 1, he tends to get Carlos a seat. I remember that one off-handed comment I made months ago where I was like, Danny Rick to Ferrari, like, it is closer now than it has ever been. Oh, I'm know. just saying, if it, it happens, if it happens, man, I just, I'm going to be like, all right, I'm going to go work at Ferrari because you know what? If I say it, it's happening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But for Carlos, um, I, I, I want to throw out there a B-plus for him. He had a very good year. The car and the strategy was just where he was let down. And I, yeah, don't, look, I don't want to. I don't want to throw it all on him. I think if we were just picking a drive, like, but from his driving ability alone, he'd be an A minus. 
But yep. because we have to factor in both, I think B plus. Yeah, I would say I was actually going to come in with just a flat B. I'm more than happy to say B plus. That he, he did well, man. He, well, he did quite he, well. He did something not a lot of drivers do, and that is they he got his first win this year, and that's and what's throwing it to the the B plus for me. You know what? That that there is enough because not only did he get his first win, he got his first win by engineering that race in bloody self. Like basically they forcing Ferrari. Yeah, yeah, but he got that race win by being like, no, if I listen to you, I'm not getting this. So it was. I tell you what, it was a long time coming. It was too long time coming for him to get a race win. Yeah, but hopefully next year we can see. I want to say like four or five wins. That'd be lovely to see for him. If Ferrari can get their shit together, I. Doesn't shock me if he gets four or five. Happy with that. Happy with that. All right, let's move on yep. to the squid. And this I is gonna give, be hard for me, man. I want to be the real squid hard. rating. <laughs> Look, personality F. Personality F in it. No, personality ankle socks with shoes. Because <laughs> that that's that's how bad he is. He wears ankle socks with fucking boat shoes. I know. It, I know. It, Look, no. Look, driving wise, fail. driving a. wise though, A minus. Yep, yep. Look, I can't give he, him an A. I cannot give him an A because I don't like him. I just don't enough, like I'm him enough. A minus. He needs. He look. He needs to be in the, that top top level because he did. He outdrove that car from the first race. Yes, he was incredibly consistent. He was top yep. five he nearly every killed. race until Great he nearly Britain. killed a few people. I'm going to say that. He nearly killed a few people, Joe. but he learned from the best, right? So, <laughs> Fuck. Okay. <laughs> well. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. I've been saying it all year, so I can't yeah, I know. disagree. No, look, A for George. He is, he has earned his position in the team he's in, and he's given the results to prove why Toto Wolf has gone, nope, he is our replacement for Valtteri. He's he, there. He also gets a lot of special treatment where Valtteri didn't. Because he engi- he engineered so much, like think yep. think back to where he engineered that podium was it hu- yeah hungry because yep. he chose no I want the car the tires with the red sticker on it please give me the tires with the red sticker on it I'm stopping this lap and you're giving me those red t- sticker tires yeah look he did and also I want to say that the favorable treatment he's getting is because they are now in preparation mode for. Oh, Valtteri was there to support Lewis. George is there to eventually replace Lewis. Yeah. So that that's why I think he's been given a little bit more of a free hand because they can't let this kid go anywhere. Valtteri, they were happy to throw to the wolves because he was never going to step into that team role. George is the next Mercedes world champion after, after Lewis is done with his run. Now, I still think Lewis has got more in him. No one's denying that. No. George is right where he needs to be. Look, he just had an incredible year with what he was capable of. It hurt me to watch him succeed, but he did succeed, and I will give credit to that. 275 points. Yeah, A A minus for me. Yep, happy with that. A minus. All right, top three. Sergio. Um, How would you rate Sergio's year? You know what, man? I think he did... Quite well. I don't... I want to... Look, for me, it's either B plus or A minus. I want to go A minus purely because he, yeah. got, he got something there's not many people that have done, and he got a Monaco win. He's he got a Monaco, Monaco win. That's, 
He got a Monaco Grand Prix. That is huge in the scheme of things. Yeah, you know what? A minus because there were a few times where you're like, oh man, you're not on the pace. There was one or two races, or I wouldn't say three races this year, where he was significantly off the pace compared to to the next guys above him. Mm -hmm. Or say like George, who was on an absolute belter, or Carlos, who was on a belter weekend, right? He fell behind them a few times. There were a few times this year where it was like, hey, man, you're in the best Red Bull car that's ever been made. How are you not catching the person in front of you? Uh, you know what I mean? There was a yeah. couple of those. It wasn't a perfect year, but I tell you what, man, he earned third place. He did. Plain and simple. So, yeah, he's in A-. minus. I'm more than happy with that. Yeah. I'm. It, he, it's the best driver pairing Red Bull's put together for, like, team cohesion. There's no doubt in my mind about that. They've got yep. a definite A driver. They've got a definite, I don't want to say B driver. They've got a definite driver there who, hey, if you're out in front beating Max, it's yours, man. We're going to support you all the way, but you're also still there to gun for Max at the same time. He yep. fits that role perfectly. He's super talented. He's super likable. I mean, his dad gets an A+. plus. Oh, 100% his dad gets an A+. Plus. <laughs> He's the number um, one fan of Formula 1. Oh, without it, like... That man has passion that I didn't even know could exist in a human. Oh, I know. It's crazy. And if he could so, ever yeah, engineer a Mexico win, I don't. I His dad needs a fucking cardiac arrest machine next to him. Oh, seriously, dude. My God. like He I, might have a heart attack from excitement. Oh, look, if anyone's going to, it might be him. Yeah, no, Checo, what a good bloke. What a damn, damn good year he had. But yeah, A-. minus. A-. minus. All right. This one... This one's going to be difficult because Charles came second in the championship and his first half of the season was pretty good. Yeah, oh, A-plus for the first half of the season, right? But when you put the whole season together, I have to give him a B. B. I have to. It, I know it's going to sound crazy, right, because we're saying, like, second person gets B, but, yeah, look. And it's not, it's not his fault. I, I want to point out, no. not his fault in the slightest. It's just... Let's look at the second half of the season. He comes back after the mid-season break. Sixth in Belgium, third in Netherlands, but off the pace. Second in Italy, second in Singapore, but off the pace. Third in Japan due to an error on his own behalf. Third in the United States, but nowhere near. Sixth in Mexico because of the car being turned down. Fourth in Brazil, but still not catching the leaders. And he got a second in Abu Dhabi, but by that point, it was too late. You know what I mean? He needed wins. He needed wins I in this agree second 100%, half. Hundred percent, man. If he 100%. wanted to, if he wanted to take this to max, he needed at least three wins, and he had ample opportunity to do it, but never could quite capitalize on those opportunities. It was, it was a really, and it was hard for Charles this year. Like, I don't think, even if you're not a Ferrari fan, I don't think anyone out there can be like, yeah, man, that's that's what you get. It was really, really hard to watch this kid get destroyed this year. Like he was, it was brutal credit to him for managing to stick it out and still come second. And Do you know what I mean? Like, can I just, point, he, I was yeah, saying, go. not only did he lose the championship this year, but he lost Charlotte sign because he's recently single. Oh yeah, dude, that, <laughs> that that's just the, that's the top icing in the cake. When you yeah. look around, you've lo you've lost your best friend and mentor. You've lost your partner. You've lost a championship. If the only thing you have left is Ferrari, holy shit, man! It's Put not him on going suicide good. watch. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's not going good for this young man. Um, my heart goes out for him. I I really wanted it to be a year like last year with the championship standings. Yeah, 
I did. It would have been awesome to watch him fight down to then. This kid's a world champion. I think he's proved that he has the talent to win a championship. Like, he's he's brilliant. But, yeah, man, it, it has to be a B. That team let him down. At every opportunity they could, they let him down. And on the few times they didn't, Charles made a mistake. Yeah, I agree. And everyone makes a mistake. Charles has seemed to make them at the worst possible opportunities. Oh, yeah. But you know what, man? Hopefully he's gotten all his bad luck out in one season. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. hopefully this is as bad as it gets because I tell you what, he's on for an – if they get that car together and they get their strategy fixed, and when I say get the car together, I mainly mean the strategy. If that gets yeah. fixed, he would have gotten – you know what I mean? This yeah. We would have been looking at Max coming in with 380 points and Charles coming in at 365. Yeah. And also, yeah. now he won't have any distractions next year. No. No no women to distract him. And he's oh. off break. He can just train, 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 race, race, race. Yep, just put the blinders on and get to work. You just stay in that Ferrari office. You make them work on whatever they need to work on. Exactly. And now we move on to the world champion. Yes. Two-time world champion, and I can't give him anything lower than an A-plus. A really plus. Oh, look. This one of the most dominant F1 seasons we've ever seen. Plain and simple. He nearly got the record for wins in a row. Like, the only thing stopping him is the seventh in Singapore due to an error. You know what yep. I mean? And he made one error this year. And it was there. Yep. Actually, no, there was two errors because there was the error in Brazil where he ran into Lewis. But would we call that an error or was that just like, I'm making sure Lewis doesn't win this either? You know what? When it comes to Lewis and Max having contact, only the gods know what is occurring when that <laughs> happens. Because you know what? It just is one of them things. It, it, is it going to happen? It's going to happen. Who's at fault? It doesn't matter. It's going to happen. It yeah. just, it, it's a thing. It's written in the stars. When they're next to each other, no one's going to make it. Yep. <laughs> they just like, it's, it's not enough that my race should suffer. It's that he shouldn't have any fun either, and they take each other out. It was nice to see once this year. Yep. I mean, I tell you what, if we went through a year without that, it would have been the strangest year in F1 history. Oh, definitely. It has to be an A+. That man hopped in the car, apart from the first couple of races where it blew up. Mm-hmm. It's just... It was made for Max. That is how you pair man and machine. That's what he's capable of. That's how you win a world championship. It put everyone who had any doubts in their mind to go like, oh, last year was it was a fake win. No, it wasn't. But this year truly showed exactly what fans of Max have been saying. Brilliant. Yep. There was a couple of incidences where we went, oh, yeah, no, the old Max is out. He's being an unreasonable dickhead again. Of course. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing about anyone who's a world champion in any sport. They're all They're dickheads. They're all a little bit of a dickhead. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. Basketballers, dickheads. Football players, dickheads. dickheads. Motorsport racers, dickheads. dickheads. They're all dickheads. He's one of the best. He's our favorite dickhead, A+. plus. Yep. <laughs> all right, man, it's time. It's time to do our awards. We've been teasing this for the last few months. Yep. That we do an awards show, and here we are. The first award like we first award for our award show is the Paul DeResta Donkey of the Year for the worst driver mm. of the year. Now we've okay. already nominated two drivers and we got a third one to o- nominate and that's Esteban Ocon. All right. 
Who do you think gets it, and why is it Nicholas Latifi? Oh, look, I think it's <laughs> Nicholas Latifi. Um, look, I think if you've watched the sport, you knew this was coming. He he should have thanked the academy. He really should have. It's the only thing he's going to bloody win in this sport. What do you mean? He won and the yeah. 2021 World Championship for Max. <laughs> yeah, but he had to equal that with Michael Massey, didn't he? That was a shared award. <laughs> this well, is his first one he's ever won through sheer merit. Sheer merit? No, oh, absolutely. Like, yep, Esteban, Esteban, we don't like, but he's clearly a decent racer. Yep. Nick is not, not a good F1 racer. As yeah. much as we like the guy... Look, he win he wins Donkey of the Year in a race car, just just not there. Look, Lance Stroll could could win it, but you know what? Lance Stroll doors open for him next year. Oh, absolutely. I can't see it. Congratulations, anyone. Nick. <laughs> All you right. come up here, you trip over the podium, you smash that into the ground, we'll shake your hand. Thank you. Yep. No speech though, because you broke the mic. <laughs> second second award is the race of the year. Now, you asked me what my favorite race was earlier. And there's only yes. one race that stands out in my mind, and that's Monaco, to be honest. I really enjoyed I'm, Monaco. I agree. I, as we, as everyone heard who listened to this, for the first half of the year up into Monaco, I was like, Monaco's trash, get rid of Monaco. The second Monaco happened, I went, that's the best thing I've ever seen. It's got to be Monaco, right? It's it got to be. I mean, worst FIA decision of the year, Absolutely. but best race of the year. I do want to throw out a few honorable mentions. Obviously, Mexico. I really enjoyed Mexico because of uh, Big Dick Danny Rick showing what Big Dick Danny Rick can do. Absolutely. Uh, Australia, because uh, it's home. Yep. And, of course, Bahrain, because it was Ferrari's first one, too, in a long while, and it was utter dessert, and it was a very enjoyable race. And Bahrain's always good. Like it's. Just- I know. It's always good. Like, it's the start of the year. I think it's a great start of the year to, to do it at night time. Yep. And yeah, also, no. being under lights gives it bonus points as well. Because oh, these dude, cars look nothing so makes the good. cars look better. They look incredible. So, out of all that, do you still want to give it to Monaco or you want to throw it to one of the other ones? No, I think Monaco gets it. It, Monaco? Was, it was a special Monaco this year. Definitely. Now, the third yep. award. Moment. Of the year. Now I want. I've got the first one, which is Alexander Albon's Australia Drive. I think that was unreal. The whole oh, thing. Insane. The, whole thing. the other ones I want to throw. Other ones I'm thinking. Nick DeVries at Monza. Yep. Lewis Hamilton going to space. Yeah, yeah. And finally, <laughs> all right. I'll drive faster with Danny Rick in Mexico. Look, all good contenders. The only other one I want on that list is the first and only appearance of Horsey McCorse. Oh, of course. Fuck, how did I forget Horsey McCorse? Um, no, for me, the moment of the year, it, 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 it has to go to Alexander Albon. It was just, I've never seen anyone in this modern form of F1 do that in an F1 car before. And also, we forgot, we, you watch that race and you just forget that Alex hasn't pitted yet. Until yep, yep. he comes into the pits on the lap before the last lap. Yep. And like that, that to me has to be the moment of the year. It is the worst car of the year with someone taking it a whole Grand Prix and only changing tyres because he had to or he would have been disqualified. Yep. 
Did he end up snaking points from it, he or did, did he just he drop got him out? One point. He did. Yep. You know what? That that for me right there sums up. Okay, that's how you do it. Yes, there were funnier moments. Yes, there were slightly cooler moments. But that there was just. I've never quite seen anything like that, and I don't think anyone else has. No, and I don't think there's any incident. We're not going to see something like that ever again. No, probably not. Probably not. Not not for as long as we're doing this show. No, definitely not. So that that's my vote, man, but I'm happy to be convinced otherwise. No, I'm happy to give it to Alex there as well. I think yeah. that's a perfect, perfect award there. Yep, that or watching Seb and that do donuts at the end of the year. But you know what? That doesn't count because it was after the season. Yeah. Uh, next one is one is a it's an award I thought of, and I think it's quite good. And you'll have a few for this, and that's Crash of the Year. Oh, okay. So we've, well, got, we've got the Joe Crash. Obviously, there's the Mick at Monaco, Mick at Saudi Arabia. <laughs> what else did we have? Um. No, the, 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 the George, um, no, not George, the the Danny uh, Carlos incident in um, Imola. Imola, the Alonso and Mick incident in Imola. Yep. Oh, for me, man, like there's a lot to pick from. Oh, but actually, was... we forgot the most important one, the Nicholas Latifi crashing on his own at Belgium. Or the Nicholas Latifi crashing on the outlap at Monaco. <laughs> oh, fuck, I forgot about that. It's got to go to that one. Well, you know what? We have to do two. We have to do funniest crash of the year, which is that one, crashing not in a race. (laughs) Yeah. Hands down. But no, best crash of the year, for me, it has to go to Joe because simply we thought he was dead. Oh, not seeing that replay for, what, 40 minutes is... Yep. We were worried something was wrong there. And then when you finally see the replay, you're like, he's okay. Like... And also the simple fact that he came back a week later, like that, that was horrible to watch. It happened in less than a second, right? Mm -hmm. It was lights out, away we go, first corner. And in the back, you see a car with its wheels in the air, skidding on its roof and then flipping up over and smashing into a fence. And you're like, okay, I think we just lost someone again. You know what else is more spectacular about that crash? The fact that, that Nicholas Latifi found a gap and avoided the shite. The oh, monsoon seriously. of shite that literally happened seconds later. Yep. Because yep. if he it wasn't was... involved, someone was dead. Yep. Like, it was just, <laughs> look, horrible crash. The fact that it just goes to show what these engineers do to prioritize safety, right? Yeah. Like, we've seen a number of crashes in the past where we go, see, that's why we have the halo. That's why we have the halo. That's why there's the the top cone piece. That's why these guys are strapped in. That's why you get in trouble if you adjust your seatbelts during the race. Mm -hmm. All those safety rules were proven by that crash and by that man essentially walking away, right? Yep. I mean, they stretched him away simply because they're like, hey, look, man, we don't know what's left inside that race suit. Fine. (laughs) Absolutely fine. That crash of the year... And, and like Latifi yeah. crashing on his own is funny. The funniest crap. crash of the year, like that, and because Stroll also crashed on the outlap too. Of course, it was those two. <laughs> they both did. morons. They both yeah, they it was on the um hairpin for Latifi. He yeah. just at low. He's like, my car didn't turn. It's like, didn't it, or did you not turn the car? And all the data showed that he just didn't turn the car. 
the, the, the data showed that he turned the car and fucking floored the floored the acceleration. Yeah, <laughs> and just spun it into it. The other other honorable mention for the funniest crash of the year was Lance Stroll half fucking it into the wall at Azerbaijan qualifying, only to get two corners into his next run and completely fucking into the wall. Because <laughs> yeah. of he course he award. did. He gets the award for the only double crash of the year. <laughs> it's like, how do you crash twice in one race? <laughs> well, it was qualifying. It was half a lap it took him to crash again. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like, oh, well, there you go, man. Well done. Anyway, final award that I can think of is our Max Verstappen Honorary Driver of the Year who isn't Max Verstappen Award. Ooh, that's a good one. I like this. Um, And... It pains me to say it, but we have to have George in that conversation. George is in the conversation. I hate the fact that he's there. He's in the conversation. Lando's in the conversation. Fernando's in the conversation as far as I'm concerned. Fernando's in the conversation. Look for me. Hmm? It's it's Fernando. Alonso. Yeah, you know, you can't convince me that it's not Fernando because I don't like the other ones. (laughs) Well, I don't like the other ones, but also this, right? Fernando is how old? 41. Spent how many years out of the sport spent like he blew that car up so many times from being quick. He was just incredible. Like, I don't know how he's, he's literally still just as quick as he was when he won two world championships. He's phenomenal. He's a goat. And hopefully next year that Aston Martin is something to to let him fight. Yeah. Because it, it just felt like this year that Alpine, if he pushed it any, even a, the slightest bit too hard, it went bang, bang. Yeah. No, I agree. I I think he he deserves that recognition because in reality, he he's not going to be recognized in any official capacity for just being incredible. But for me, it goes to him. That's, he's just awesome. Fair enough. Well, that that brings us to the end of season twenty twenty two. Yeah, we're done. I mean, we're done. I think overall, man, it was a brilliant year for the sport. Yeah, it was. Formula bums has not been easy on anyone. Like the fact that we've managed to do a whole year or something, I think we can both be really, really proud of. Anyone who spent any amount of time with us, we we can't thank you guys enough. And it is a really, really genuine thing for us. Like, we love making this content. It's something we look forward to doing. I mean, illness has taken a toll on us. We've had up and down production quality. We, we didn't really know what we wanted to do when we started this show, but there were people out there sitting in their cars, sitting in their homes, on, on public transport, commuting around, who saw, saw our logo and went, you know what? I'm going to give these boys a bit of a crack. So if you're listening to this, thank you so much. The next year is going to be awesome. We've got so much planned for what we want to do and the direction we want to take the show in. So thank you, everyone, for being a part of it. It's just been unreal. Yeah, guys. Uh, obviously, we'll be on break for at least the next month and a bit, obviously with Christmas and no content out there to make, really. No, not at all. But I think it's good for everybody to just take a break from the sport. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? After a year of following it so intently as we have, we need, oh, we need, yeah. we need a couple. <laughs> we need a few weeks just to like recharge, and hopefully next year when we 
we start back up for season two, like we we've got better ideas, we can punch through this a lot better, and it becomes it becomes more of like what we're aiming for it to be becoming. Yeah, absolutely. This is something that both you and I want want to do for a number of years and we want people to not only enjoy the content but interact with that the content and interact with us in more and more ways so it's only going to get better from here this was our uh, our debut and it was heaps of fun i guess we'll see everyone next year yeah so from all of us thank you so much and we can't wait to talk to you guys again next year see you guys thank you see ya